0: Yeah, but you sound unhappy. What's going on? What did you say? You sound very tired, unhappy.
1: I, 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 uh, I had a long day, man.
0: Yeah, so did everybody in fucking America. And imagine what the people in Africa had today. That fucking had to <laughs> walk five miles to get a fucking bucket of water. I got to hear about your, your fucking hard day working at Princeton.
1: I'm not, I'm not, I'm not uh, African.
0: This is No Politics at the Dinner Table. I'm Tony Biancasino.
1: And I'm Amit Prakash.
0: Tonight, I'm only drinking wine because Amit's not here and I'm sad.
1: And I'm only drinking Guinness because I'm a little bit sick. So what's going on, man? How what? was your trip?
0: Dude, it was fucking stupid. It was fucking unbelievable. Yeah. Have you been to Barcelona?
1: No, I've never been to Spain. I've been to, like, the borderlands of France and Spain. Yeah. Uh, But I've never been
0: to Spain. Spain's cool, man. Like the fucking food—it's seafood, which is like forget about it. I'll crush that all day. Plus, like, it's a total walking city, Barcelona, and the architecture is out of control. And Mm. uh, they have this thing called the siesta. You know what a siesta is? Yeah, yeah. You know what that is? It's a fucking nap that takes place from four to like seven, and then you go to dinner and get wasted till like midnight. It's a dude. You know what I realized? European. I, wanted, I want to get old in Europe. They have it figured out, by the way. Like, yeah. we're fucking idiots here. Like, going to Europe, I'm totally cool being young and having a living here and, like, hustling here. We have it better than everybody in the world. But once you hit, like, 67, you're an idiot to live in America. Because over in Europe, they have, like, little cafes that all the old people hang out at. Like, they have these little communities of old fucks that, like, they just hang out and they they right. they everything they need is in with a a, a one hundred yard radius and it's like you just have you just enjoy life. There's nothing you need to do. It's amazing.
1: Right. Yeah, no, that's European. They they have a good balance of work and life. They know how to do it.
0: It made me think. You know the problem is in America we're so driven by uh young policy. You know, like old people just they're dying and like we don't I even myself, dude, I never really think about like the 70 year old me because I think I'll be dead. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But like you go to Europe and you see the 70 year old Europeans and you're like, oh, they have it way better than the 70 year old New Yorkers by far. Right. It's fucked up.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely.
0: Oh.
1: Um, I mean, the, the difference is like night and day,
0: it's insane. There's no comparison.
1: It's. It's literally like here, the expectation is you work until you drop. Yeah, you know, and they're actually thinking about, you know, adding on to the retirement age to like make it seventy.
0: Ugh.
1: Um And there, it's like you retire when you're about sixty, and you spend the rest of your life reflecting <laughs> on your life.
0: <laughs> reflecting and eating <laughs> fucking yeah. empanadas. Yeah. You know.
1: 20 year reflection on what happened.
0: I might have made the empanadas part up. That's not actually Spanish, but I did eat empanadas there. Yeah. You know what's so funny?
1: You know, you take you take a week off in the summer because nothing much happens in the summer, right?
0: Um. Yeah, I took a bad week off. A lot happened. It was, it was totally stressful.
1: <laughs> you know, it's Listen, like this was this this was actually my view of the summertime in terms of news for like <laughs> for a lot of my life. Yeah. Like. Nothing happens in the summer. Right. You know? Well, nothing's and like, supposed to happen. the past three summers is, like, the last 20 minutes to do the right thing every summer. <laughs> it's,
0: like, it's like insane. Literally, uh. like, every
1: summer, it's, like, oh, my God, there's going to be a revolution, you know? Yeah. And like, the summer did not fail, unfortunately.
0: You know what's so funny? It's so funny you're saying that. I'm, like, this is so crazy. And you know me, dude. I go through these uh, phases where, like, I, I have these big, like, these big like uh revelations in my life, and today i uh and by the way, I do this every couple of weeks. I deleted Facebook from my phone oh really what? yeah it, it was affecting my uh <laughs> it was affecting my work <laughs> it's like because you know, i'm 'm I'm a pretty active social media uh, correspondent i don 't get paid right. for it, but like i 'm pretty right, in there right. and right. Uh, I found myself every. Five minutes <laughs> checking, and I. am compulsive. Yeah. No, I'm I'm a total addict. I mean, I'm a I'm a complete addict in everything I do in life, which is why I never did heroin because I'd be dead. So, like, I try to stay away from things that'll kill me. And although social media won't necessarily kill me quickly it's affecting my life because there's so much right now and, and everybody's got a friggin' opinion and everybody posts somebody else's thoughts with their own little tag on it. And I had this, and by the way, I'm guilty of myself. And I had this moment today where I'm like, I'm kind of over it for for right now. Right. Right. Like, yeah, we get it. Trump sucks. Hillary's a crook. Uh, we don't have a great candidate, but like nobody, there's nobody that's undecided. Do you agree with that? Like, there's no one out there that's like, you know, I'm I'm really torn between these two. Like, I really like Trump's racist rhetoric, but uh, you know, me not trusting Hillary is kind of appealing. I kind of like her right, hawkish right. personality on war. Like, right. uh, what we should all just stop talking. We all have our worst case scenario. And uh, we all know who we're probably voting for in November. So we should just all just go silent. And then in November, nothing's going to change.
1: That's interesting that you just don't, you don't speak for four months. And uh, just, just put your conscience at that moment.
0: Well, the only th- here's what's happening. Everybody's playing the waited out game. Like, will the other team drop the ball? That's all we're waiting. No one, no one is actually trying to convince us why we should vote for them. It's like, the, it's like the appeal to the base of your party and hope the other person does something drastically wrong. It's like, you know, millennials uh, giving Michelle Obama speeches. Uh, Trump is racist. <laughs> like, like, nothing, nothing's happening. No, no one's changing their vote. It's the same shit. It's like, I don't know. It's... Yeah, uh,
1: it's- so, okay, a couple things. First of all,
0: don't get into a topic. Are you about to get into a topic? No, I'm
1: not. No, I'm not getting into topics. I'm just I just want to say a couple things. Before. By the way, I
0: haven't seen you for like 2 weeks, so like we're, know, we're kind I of know, shooting the shit right now.
1: I know. So, but here's the thing is that first of all, you just refer to yourself as a social media correspondent, which is amazing.
0: Um, You are too. You are too.
1: I think think it's really affecting you that you've identified yourself as a correspondent.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm an ambassador (laughs) for Facebook, bro.
1: Right, right. You, you Yeah, you're you're literally identified as a correspondent.
0: Um, By the way, there's uh, there's three thousand people that would be sad if I went off Facebook forever. Three thousand, exactly. They're all my friends.
1: Right. Right. Um, So. The other thing, I think you're right, like everybody, most people have made up their minds, but there are small minorities in each party. So there's the, the, the Bernie people who are still like, I'm voting for Jill Stein now, you know. Gary um,
0: Johnson, Jill and, Stein.
1: Yeah, that's, yeah. some people are going in that direction, but Jill Stein, I've, I've seen most stuff that, you know, gravitated the Greens rather than the Libertarians. And then, and then there was that moment at the beginning of the Republican convention where the Stop Trump people in the GOP basically got voted down or, or as they put it, they got their arms twisted and got kicked out. (laughs) Right. Um, So, so, uh, there are these sort of dissatisfied people who, you know, you don't know what they're going to do and we don't know exactly how big they are. Yeah. But, but yeah, you're right. I mean, most people, it's a pretty stark, uh, you know, for a while, you know, I, it's amazing, actually. I I really gravitated to. I I am not going to feel that much trouble voting for Hillary
0: now. So you're uh, not going to go for Jill Stein or Gary Johnson?
1: No, I'm not. I'm not. Why not? I'm not.
0: Can we? Do we have time uh, just, to talk about this actually? Because I feel like it's kind yeah, of important. Can, okay.
1: Wait, was it yeah, one of your topics tonight or no? No, it wasn't. But we can just get into it. You know, we can. That that's fine. I mean, I mean, everything I wanted to talk about tonight was kind of related to the RNC convention and the, and the issues that that has raised. So yeah. this is one issue that it's raised, is, 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 the, is the place of third
0: parties. Well, then let's, this be, uh, let's be the first time that I get to come up with a topic that we seriously Great. talk about. And I'm going to tell you why, because I'm having a tough time, if I'm being honest mm-hmm. with you. I'm having a very tough time. Um, there's no way I can vote for Trump. I think we all get that. And there was a time where like there was a really tiny grain of salt that like maybe until like he really went rogue and so he's out there's no way i would rather you know turn it a puff of smoke um but i think we all know anyone listening to this podcast how i feel about hillary and that that is very close to impossible for me to vote to vote for so i am one of those few bernie supporters that you know a lot of people make fun of and they they taunt, which is a horrible idea right. because it it just fuels my fire to like find somebody yeah. else. And, and and the problem with the whole Hillary campaign is like they've they've actually made fun of us and they've called us names. And like now I'm like I'm kind of pissed off, but I'm not doing it out of spite. I'm doing it out of um kind of like a really positive outlook on the future of politics if we make it through the next four years. Uh, I think we need three and four parties, and i'm really i'm really I've really been researching you know Jill Stein and gary johnson and and mm-hmm. f- for some of the flaws they have, both of them have things that really appeal to me and I just wanted to get your take on am I crazy for for um you know courting the idea of voting for one of these two people?
1: I don't think you're crazy. Um, they're not, like, the total lunatic fringe of anything, right? Um, they're Here's the thing. The Green Party... Um, is a party that emerged in the 1960s in Europe and made its way over here, and it's got a kind of like hippie origins, environmentalist cause, and so on. Yeah, and that's broadened that broaden into like social concerns, right? That, right. So from the environment to like human concerns, and so many of the green party ideas were kind of like the left wing ideas of the Democratic Party in the 1980s, right? It's it's the Democratic Party that's really changed, right? right? So the Green Party itself, I don't think is is an outlandish position to have. It's it's just that, unfortunately, I mean, I, I have to agree with basically almost their entire platform. Um, but th- my basic issue is that Donald Trump has a shot of winning. You know, it's not like he has no shot of winning, and I think he, he's going to be competitive in states that we don't. Many people don't think he's going to be competitive in. Um, and so, you know, we live in New York, and many people, you know, written off New York. Like, obviously, that's going to the Dems. It always goes to the Dems. It is. But I don't know. I mean, I mean, so many people said, "Oh, there's zero percent chance that Donald Trump will even get the nomination." And look at him now, you know. So um, I am not counting out the fact that he could be competitive, and my vote to Jill Stein, even though it would be more aligned with my views. I really do not want Donald Trump. I mean, the stuff that they're saying at this convention right now, the type of people they would pick from the Supreme Court, the, you know, the, the policies that they want to institute, I, I don't know. I want to dig in my heels and fight against that every way.
0: So you're willing to vote for somebody who you're not really in line with and not vote for someone who you are in line with just out of pure um, you're afraid. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But then when does that end? You know what I mean? Like, when... Well, listen, I mean... Like, maybe so... we... Maybe Donald Trump... And just hear me out, and I don't want this. Let me just preface that. But, like, okay, Donald Trump wins because we all vote for Jill Stein to make a point that, like, we're all done. And Donald Trump wins. And we go through four years, which, by the way, I don't think, like, the world's gonna burn down. Maybe it will. Um, But, like, we... We, we, burn the pla- we burn the party down, and we start over. Is that, is that crazy?
1: I think the, the lesson that the Democrats would learn from that would be we have to move further to the right. I don't think it would be, oh, we have to accommodate the people who backed Jill Stein. It would be we need to attract more of the people who voted Republican.
0: Well, let and me it would, just...
1: It would be just another, another lurch to the right.
0: Well, let me tell you this. I'm going to come out right now and say it. As of today, I'm voting for Jill Stein. Really? I am.
1: Okay. Wow.
0: I can't. I, I can't. I can't do it.
1: Listen, you know, I mean, I've said this many times. You know, I can't do podcasts, it, dude. And then with you personally, I cannot. I mean, I really. I know. I know. Huge reservation. I know. Hillary Clinton. I actually think she's a really bad candidate.
0: I do, too. Um.
1: And is going to be i uh, probably a really bad president, actually, um, but not as bad as
0: Donald Trump. Agreed. But I um, or, or Mike Pence, listen, or whoever ends up listen, running the government. I so. I agree with you, but as a 36 year old guy who who makes a very good living that pays a lot in taxes, and uh, you know I'm a pretty proud American. Um, I'm 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 not I'm not getting sucked into the. Lesser of two evils, and I I totally respect your stance on this, but um, you know I'm gonna I'm gonna start with this election. I'm not gonna wait till four years from now to try to like get that third party going and you know try to change politics. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna stay the course. I'm going to stick with the principles of the the uh, the base of the Bernie Sanders movement, which is we need serious change and. I, I, I personally have looked at Jill Stein and, and although she has some flaws in her experience, um, I'm more aligned with her than anybody else. And, and I feel like that's, the, that's why people have died in this country so that I have the right to vote for the person I, I most relate to.
1: Let me give you a, just a little thought experiment here. Imagine it's New York State. We're a swing state. And you know that your vote could either make Hillary win. Yeah. Or you could vote for Jill Stein and Hillary would lose and Trump would win. Yeah. How would you vote? Jill Stein. Wow. Okay.
0: Because I'm it. Here's why.
1: Yeah, I disagree. I'm going to tell you why. I really
0: no, and I, I get why you disagree. But what I want to tell you is that. There's nothing about my vote that's like pro Trump. I think Trump is a fucking loser. But um I have faith in the Ameri- I have faith in the United States of America, the democracy, the laws in place, the the structure of the government that I don't think and and maybe I'd be wrong and and if I'm wrong the world ends. <laughs> Which by the way, so be it. I don't, think if, I don't think if Donald Trump wins, the world ends. I do,
1: Says the man without children.
0: Yeah, exactly. And by the way, I have no children, but I love my nieces and nephews. I just don't think that I, um, I don't think if Donald Trump wins, the world burns down. I don't believe that. I think, I think he's uh, run a really shitty campaign. But the mere fact that that guy can run this campaign and we're still questioning if he's going to if he can win or not, just shows you how horrible the alternative is. And uh, I just don't want part of it, man. And, and I'm going to start now with change. And it, it starts with this election for me. I, I think there's no better time than right now to, 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 to have some change.
1: Well, I, I, I mean, I agree with you on that principle. Um, I would just I mean, one thing to think about is that Bernie Sanders, you said that after Philadelphia, He's going to be rolling out uh, two new organizations that are going to be the successor organizations to his whole movement. Yeah. Um, that that are going to be agitating for change from the ground up, which is something that he called for even after if he even won, right? Remember, he said that even if I win, there still needs to be political activism afterwards. Otherwise, there actually won't be any change because I'll just be a figurehead,
0: right? Yep. Uh, so.
1: I'm hoping for that. I hope, I hope that actually happens, and I would love to participate in that.
0: Well, listen, before we Come get November,
1: in... November, however, I'm voting for Hillary Clinton. Yeah.
0: Before we get to our next topic, yeah. you, you and Bernie Sanders have until November... I'm just talking about today. Today, I'm voting yep. for Jill Stein. You and everyone else and Hillary Clinton, you got to... And Donald Trump, as everyone has a long time to either ruin their campaign or to persuade me. But as of today... I'm, I'm a Jill Stein supporter, and we, we've got a few months to change me to, to bring me back to Hillary, but it's going to take some serious convincing. And on that note, I need a drink.
1: <laughs> okay, me too. Me too. Okay. All right. <laughs>
0: Yeah, Guinness is great for a cold. I'll be honest with you. Uh, once, once a year I get sick and I drink Guinness, and it makes me feel way better.
1: It's got no fizz. It's got no, um, you know, uh, carbonation. or very minimal.
0: But I think it's stacked with vitamin C or something. I don't know. No, I made that up, but I, doesn't it doesn't sound so good. I think you probably did. Could yeah. you imagine if you and I were to be called by Guinness to be like, hey, we need a new campaign? And we would do a whole commercial where, like, we have sick children, like dying, and like the grandmom comes in because the parents leave, and the grandmom comes in with a, uh, and she's like, "Drink this, sweetie," and the kid chugs a Guinness. The next morning, the parents come in, and the kid's like up, kicking a ball, and they're like, "What happened?" (laughs) And it's like, "Do you just cut the Guinness, miracle beer?" That's a good spot. Miracle beer is not a bad plug, by the way. Miracle beer. It's miracle beer. That's
1: that's good good
0: no shit it's good that's why i get paid
1: i i read a (laughs) a long time ago but by by jack london called john barleycorn must die which is about his whole lifetime of alcoholism (laughs) and and, uh, when he was six years old he used to drink a bucket of guinness um for for lunch
0: and how how long did he live
1: i think he lived a pretty decent life but uh it was a tough life (laughs) When, 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 you, when you're in first grade and you're drinking a bucket of
0: Guinness for lunch. Yeah. Well, you can't do a bucket. It's a Guinness. Miracle beer is one Guinness. Right. You can't drink a bucket. Right. Um, all right. So now that I hijacked your topics and you only have two, did you get a little yeah, time to two. think about the two that are more important to you?
1: I want to talk about uh, all of the sort of racial violence that's going on.
0: Uh, what racial violence?
1: Yeah. Right. (laughs) Um, so, you know, as everybody knows Baton Rouge and Salton Heights, Minnesota, um, two men, Alvin Sterling, Glenn Castile. Um, and I, I don't think we need to go through the the sort of sequence of events. I think that's kind of well known. Um, but I want to, I want to focus a little bit actually on Baton Rouge. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and also Louisiana. Louisiana is the world's prison capital. Um, really? The ratio of people incarcerated per capita in Louisiana is the highest in the world.
0: Um, in the world? The
1: in the world. What? Five, five times that of Iran, 20 times that of China, 30 times that of Germany. Wow. All right, so, Did you know uh, that? Louisiana is... Uh, the, the 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 average here is that one out of eighty six adults are doing time. Right? So one in eighty six adult people, you know, men and women.
0: Wait, by the way. Um, that's yeah. insane.
1: Among black men, one in fourteen.
0: Oh my God.
1: And among black men, one in seven is either in prison, parole, or probation.
0: This is Louisiana or Baton Rouge.
1: This is Louisiana, and Baton Rouge is in Louisiana, right? So, um, and it's you know, so it's the number one place to get locked up, and there is a particular racial order to this. It's much higher um, population that is um, minority, in particular, black men.
0: Those numbers are shocking.
1: Yeah, aren't they? They are shocking.
0: That's insane. Uh,
1: and I bring this up because this was brought up during the RNC convention um on the first night. So the first night for people who didn't watch it and um it's it's some amazing T V if you haven't watched it. Um the theme they had a different theme every night. So the first night was called Make America Safe Again. And <laughs> they had this they had this sheriff, and I don't know if you've heard of this sheriff, oh, sheriff David Clark of Milwaukee. I his of speech guy, was
0: but, amazing.
1: It's, it's, yeah right. So he's this black sheriff from Milwaukee. He runs, you know, he, they elect their sheriffs over there. Um, he runs as a Democrat because it's Milwaukee, Wisconsin. That's the only way he's going to win. But he's a big time NRA member. He's a big backer of the governor Scott Walker, a Republican, and of course he's a big backer of Donald Trump. Um, and he opened his speech with the statement, "Blue Lives Matter."
0: I watched it.
1: Yeah, right. So, and his whole argument uh, was essentially that, and he he, he kind of got to this later on. He said, yes, there are certain cases where there are unjustified killings and so on, and, and those people have to be held accountable in the, in the police force. Um, but Black Lives Matter um, is essentially a racist terrorist organization that is <laughs> inciting um, and creating another context. So If I just painted the context of black men under uh, police scrutiny in Louisiana, what he's arguing is that Black Lives Matter um, creates a context of anti-police sentiments um, that has now been borne out in the shootings of both Dallas and
0: right. Right.
1: Um So what do you make of that argument? right that, that he's sort of drawing and sort of connect the dots right that, that they're sort of creating a bad atmosphere
0: well let me just first start off by saying I've clearly been watching the uh, convention pretty religiously and uh, just taking away our personal views of the situation and and, and talking completely tactful like, like in terms of a tactic that like if, mm-hmm. if me and you were getting paid to like you know, help these people out. His speech was brilliant for that platform when he, the whole entire, the first, the first two nights have been so boring. That guy, although I think he's a total devil, he's the only person that actually like I watch on the screen and I'm like, Oh, that's bad for us because this guy is like, well-spoken. He's, he's like passionate he doesn't seem, he didn't seem scripted. He's yeah, like, no, no,
1: I think he, he's sincere.
0: He's sincere. So yeah. what do I think about this? I mean, come on, man. I, you know, I think it's bullshit. I think the Black Lives Movement is, it's like, it's, it's, we we know what it is. It's, it's, it's not a terrorist organization. It's like, it's a, it's, it's a cry for help. It's like, it's like, come on, stop killing black people. Stop putting black people in prison. Stop. Stop the racial divide that's happened in this country, which is you have to... Something's wrong with you if you can't at least admit that maybe, just maybe there's still a little racism towards people of color in this country. Um, But then you get this guy up there and you're just like, he's the worst nightmare for the DNC. This is the worst nightmare because he's a black man who is more passionate about the other side than any white person that stepped on that stage. Amit, um, he is the... Yeah. Do you remember the Chappelle show sketch with the, the blind KKK leader who was black?
1: Oh, yeah, Clayton, right? He's Clayton,
0: except he yeah. can see. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah.
0: I, I feel so bad for black people that this guy is, is of the same color and is up there saying this shit. Like, could you imagine how defeated as a Black American you must feel if you if you if you happen to tune in and see this guy? Could you Could you imagine being a Black American watching this? I, I don't even. I can't. Personally, I cannot. Actually,
1: it must be extremely difficult. I mean, I, there. I saw an article that it was again, a very just startling fact um, that at the height. Of the sort of lynching phenomenon, if I can call it that, yeah. Um, in the 1920s, um, the worst year of lynching then uh, was about 120 people lynched. Right. Oh um, God. And, in, and, in, and in 2015, um, something like 240 people uh, had been black people, black Right, I get it. Had been killed by police, right? Um, And something like over thirty-five percent of them were unarmed. Um, So, you know, just that, you know, about a hundred-year difference. um, But how big is the difference is the question, right? So that—that's, yeah, just just stark. So the other the other major point that this guy was making, um, and which of course the crowd was eating up, which I always just find, you know, this that we, I mean, it's just kind of facts and more that, you know, police need to be respected because they're, they're putting themselves in harm's way. Right.
0: Sure. Um,
1: And they're sort of protectors of society. And by the way, I mean, sort of say that I think that's true for sure. Uh, I have respect for police and I think I would even say like 99, I'll even go with 99, 99% of police, are in it for the right reasons and are doing the best they can, right? Um, and I think, you know, that's what they do. They they do a good job. They do a good job, and that's great. Um, but the notion that policing is the most dangerous job in the country um, is just false. Um,
0: Alaska fishermen, I believe, are the most dangerous yeah, job in the country.
1: That's, that's, number, that's number two. That's number two. All right, hold number on. Number one. Let is, me guess. Yeah, yeah.
0: Hold on. Okay, so number two is Alaska fishermen?
1: Yeah, well, fishing in general okay. and particularly North Sea
0: fishing. I got like, you.
1: Or Ar- Arctic fishing.
0: Let's get a drum roll here. Gee, you gotta put a drum roll in here. The number one dangerous job in the United States is logging. Yes. Yo! Really? <laughs> yes. What? <laughs> <laughs> Did you look that up? No, it's a reality TV <laughs> show, and I just know it's dangerous. That's why it's a reality oh, TV no show. Yeah, yeah totally, Men.
1: Totally it's totally logging.
0: Oh, my God. So What's I'll up, biatches? You think reality yeah. TV makes you stupid? You see that right there? Uh, well, Trivia, there son. Go. There you go. But also, uh, by the way, you had, you were in a major Facebook fucking fight over this. Oh, yeah, I was. By the way, all of our all of our listeners, they got to follow Ava Prakash on okay. Facebook. <laughs> I mean, we're not going to mention any names. It's not even worth it. But, like, man, I was in Spain, and I made the mistake, and I was happy. I looked at Facebook, and I saw, I saw you it in a battle about cops. It was an epic one. Was an it was epic. epic. And I thought you did really well because you were actually really nice where I would have been, like, really nasty. Well, and, I mean, man, I saw the teacher in you. You really you gave a lesson. And I was like, kind of mad at you. And I honestly, I I wrote a couple comments and then erased them because I was like, (laughs) let me just let, let me let, it was like watching your son, you know, get into a fight and just like, he's got to, he's got to become a man. And I like, I let you have it because I felt like you needed to do this your way because you're a teacher and, you know, you got to do things a certain way. And and I have a lot less to lose. But uh, man, did you handle yourself perfectly? And, you know, I thought you well, were right, listen, if it makes any sense. I, I thought you were the right. The
1: point that I was, okay, let me just, just very quickly break down what I was trying to say. I basically said something to the effect that if you're a cop and you're scared all the time and you quote fear for your life. You shouldn't a be a cop. The cops, the cops use to justify shooting people, um, that you shouldn't. you shouldn't be a cop. That's right. And I got attacked for that by a woman who's, you know, uh, married to a cop and so on. And of course, I get, you know, if your husband's a cop, you fear that. Of you course. Get, of control. get it. I 100% get it. But I think there is really a difference between being kind of having a healthy fear that fairness
0: uh, <laughs> of
1: your surroundings. Like, by the way. Versus being terrified by going everywhere and then shooting first.
0: Like, Amit, me and you, we're cops. We're partners in a car. We pull over a tinted window on a highway. We're shitting ourselves.
1: Oh, my God.
0: (laughs) And I'm like, I look at you, and I'm like, Amit, get your gun out. And if they even, the window rolls down the wrong way, we blast away. That's why we're not cops, because we are complete cowards. (laughs) Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. And that's the thing. And you're, that's what you're trying to say is like, yeah, we're not cops because we're pussies. It's not for everybody. It's not for everybody. But if you're going to be a cop, you better have a level of bravery that like right. the average dude or woman does not have.
1: I mean, listen, I've got shaky hands. I'm not going to be a surgeon, you know? It's like it's <laughs> not not everything's for everybody.
0: <laughs> you know? so, I pass out so, when uh, I see blood. You probably don't want me uh, tending yeah. to your bullet wound <laughs> see, if you come absolutely. in the
1: hospital. Absolutely. All I was trying to say, actually, I
0: was trying to. It's actually
1: kind of a backhanded compliment, basically saying that good cops are brave, right? Um, so, um, <laughs> but anyway, anyway, that was that was a
0: concept. All right, so, listen, I need another drink. I, I okay, know that yeah. you actually love cops who are the 15th most dangerous profession in the United States, that's right, after garbage men, which that just blows my goddamn mind. Like, uh, by the yeah. way. I gotta apologize to my garbage man who I yell at once a week for like throwing my cans on the street. And I gotta be like, dude, you're putting your life at risk for me. <laughs>
1: I know. Thank you.
0: They are. Oh my god. We're at our last topic, my friend.
1: We're at the last topic. Um, And so this is, uh, again, in keeping with the uh, RNC theme of the first nine, keeping America safe again, um, there was a coup in Turkey. Um, I'm sure you heard about that, right?
0: Um, I know from what I've read that this is not a new thing in Turkey, that every, uh, I don't know, decade they've got another one of these bad boys. And uh, it's, you know, from what I've read, it's it's clearly a... um, Tell, correct me if I'm wrong, which I'm sure you're going to do and embarrass me in front of everybody, but, like, it all has to do with religion, right?
1: Well, in a way, I mean, religion is in the mix. Um, so you're right. So there's been, this counts as coup number five. There's four in the 20th century, right? Um, and it's always the army that's doing a coup, and that's because of the kind of the the role of the Turkish army in Turkish society, it's like a very prominent one. Um, Turkey almost didn't really come into existence after World War One. Um,
0: yeah, it used to be the you know the Ottoman
1: Empire and so on. Ottoman Empire,
0: um, son, fifth grade.
1: Yeah, right there you go, Ottoman Empire. And so after World War One, there was like this whole Paris Peace Conference, and one of the treaties, the treaties of Sev, said in 1920 that. Um, Turkey, you're gonna, you know, the the rump state of the Ottoman Empire can be Turkey, but by the way, Istanbul is going to be controlled by the British and the French, and um, all of, you know, what we now call, you know, Lebanon, Iraq, all that kind of stuff is right. being chopped up by Britain and France, and Turkey's going to get none of it. And this guy uh, Mustafa Kemal, um, who's a general, basically launches a war. And overturns that treaty and creates modern Turkey, right? And so, because of that, the army has this sort of pride of place in the founding of the state, um, and is seen as kind of like uh, the guarantor, guardian of uh, the tradition created by Mustafa Kemal, which, which is interesting, which is supposed to be secular.
0: Yeah.
1: Here's where it cuts into America, right? So. The guy who's being blamed for being the mastermind of this, yeah. is a guy named uh, a guy named Pizarro Gulen, right? Like um, hanging out, lived,
0: hanging out in Pennsylvania.
1: He lives in the Poconos. <laughs> <right>? <laughs> he lives in like a mountain retreat in the Poconos,
0: it's like a spot. Like I imagine him like in a motel with a bed shaped like a heart.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And it's like the water's a little bit dirty, you know. Yeah, yeah you know, totally. like
0: that. If this guy who's living in the Poconos. Legitimately, had something to do with a coup of a a a democracy in a Muslim country, you know, which is like part of why we're over there in the first place. If there's proof that this happened, we should give him up, you know, rather than worrying about other countries getting their drone things and bombing him in the Poconos. We should set the precedent by doing a private investigation, which you would hope is, is totally unbiased and is real. And if there's any validity to this guy having something to do with that Q, whether you agree with his ideology or not, that's a democracy. And if, And if this guy had something to do with the military trying to overthrow a democracy, which is what the United States is, we should give his ass back. On the first fucking flight to Turkey and let them deal with them. And we never, we don't judge them with whatever they do, whether they stone him or chop his head off or give him a fair trial. I don't care. It's a problem we don't need with someone that's clearly here uh, seeking asylum and and causing a major issue with a country that's an ally of ours that we're using to fight a war. And this guy is causing a major issue for us.
1: So even though. You're giving him back to a guy.
0: I don't care. Was that guy voted in power? Democratically elected I'll, is now
1: dismantling the very democracy that got him elected.
0: It doesn't matter, Ahmed. He was he was elected, and until until that structure is com- until he's a complete dictator, which by the way he's not yet, until the next election cycle, if he if if, if then in the next election cycle, this guy, you know totally jeopardizes the, the root of the democracy over there and, and, and doesn't go with the, the right of the people. That's different, but that hasn't happened yet. So although he's trying, no more than a guy like Trump is trying here to, to destroy our democracy, we have to just assume that the Turkish democracy will work it out, and this guy, if, if the people don't want him, will be voted out. And we have to just hope that he goes away. And we cannot assume that he's going to stay by force. We have to assume that if he were to be voted out, he will leave because the opportunity has not presented itself for him to prove otherwise. So we are not in a position to assume what this guy is going to do. Do we disagree with some of his ideologies? Of course we do. But who at this point are we to talk about ideology and people disagreeing. I think we're the last fucking country right now to be judging other countries' leaders on ideology. Give this guy back if he had anything to do with that coup.
1: The one thing that you mentioned in your earlier comment about technological superiority, I think that to a certain extent that might be wishful thinking, that America will always and forever be one step ahead of everybody else, Um, that... That may be the case, but it also might not be the case.
0: Yeah, but uh, Ahmed, the day that comes yeah. is a day that the world ends. So, like, we got to stop thinking about well, this. No,
1: no, that's not that's not the case, Tony. I mean, the, the, there were many times during the Cold War where the Soviets were a step ahead. That that was a sort of horse race between these two superpowers that were armed to the teeth with nuclear weapons, pointing at one another. Right. For sure. The World didn't end. Right. There wasn't a big war. It just ended. Uh, but here's I, I think the. Actually, the weirder thing now, I think mean, it's actually a little weirdly more likely low-grade violence. Um, it won't be this sort of, you know, existential threat of the whole world going up in smoke, but it'll be like, oh, in Detroit today, there was a drone strike. You
0: know? No, um, no, you no. know that
1: kind of thing. You are nuts. Line what I worry about.
0: mean, you are out of your mind. If if one day in Brooklyn, in Carroll Gardens. The Russians bombed Carroll Gardens because there's a Russian here they hated. Dude, we'd be, at a, we'd be in a world war, and, and it would be bloodshed to the point of, of annihilation. There's never going to be a time in, in the future of America where other countries are, are allowed to at will drop bombs here, as hypocritical as that sounds. That will never, ever be allowed in the United States without a major assault on that country. And you and I both know it. That's silly town. Dude, if we, got, if we got droned by another country, we would be at war. There would never be a, let's talk about this or let's cover it up. It would be, and that's how Americans react. We would all want to go to war, just like after 9-11. There was a pretty unanimous... Obviously, Barack Obama, there's some people that were like, no, this is silly. We're going to war with the wrong country. But the war in Afghanistan, I think most people were pretty in on that one. Like, you know, we were convinced it was all the Taliban and blah, blah, blah. And let's go to war with them. And I think if we got droned by any country, we would all support going to war with that country. Me being one of those people. If the Russians drone Brooklyn tomorrow, I would say, OK, we're, we're going to war. That's cool.
1: Oh yeah, no, no, I'm not. I'm not saying now. I'm saying in like 50 years. That's that's what I worry about. I don't think now. Yeah, absolutely. I'm just saying. That well, well, so notion, so I guess what I'm the, saying. I'm just saying that uh, the notion of one country being a sort of
0: no. You're you're alpha right. Yeah, you're right.
1: It's just not is just not borne out by
0: history. Not gonna happen. And I'm with you. So that's why I'm saying start the precedent now. That you don't need to drone the Poconos. If this guy had anything to do with this coup, which he probably did, do you agree he probably did?
1: Perhaps, or at least his ideology did. Probably. He probably did.
0: He probably did. I'm saying let's not wait for 50 years to decide what happens when we don't cooperate with each other. If we can prove this guy had something to do with it, whether it's one phone call or one email we should send them back and start that process now where we don't, work, we don't have to wait for, for, for the prospect of us droning each other to get our bad guys that are hiding out in each other's countries. Let's start working together. And when, one of our, when, when someone that's trying to take down one of our countries is hiding out in the other's country, let's give him over and deal with him accordingly. And I'm saying let's start that right now. Let's not wait for 50 years. If this guy had something to do with it, let's hand him over. And let's let them deal with him the way we would want to deal with an American who who try to organize a military coup on Barack Obama today.
1: That makes a lot of sense. Um, yes, sir. The second thing I wanted to mention was the second part of your, your comment, which was that you know he's not a dictator yet. One thing is that I don't think you have to be a dictator yet to be democratically illegitimate, right? That you can you can do a lot of other things short of dictatorship before your democratic credentials are nullified right i think he's already there um and his his model basically vladimir putin it's not donald trump donald trump is using the electoral process right he's using terrible length but he's not overturning the electoral process and democratic politics right um vladimir putin essentially has right and and that's that's kind of what erdogan's going for and so in the long game of this, is that if you sort of give up what he's asking for, where he can create ever more purges, um, you would get the possibility of a sort of sympathetic relationship between two sort of strong men um, in Eurasia, right, um, Putin and Erdogan. And they could come to an agreement, because they've always fought over these waterways, the Russians and the Turks. And that would be a whole other sort of uh, strategic problem uh, that Americans would have
0: to deal with. Amit. Yeah. When in the history of the world do two gangsters ever live peace happily ever after? It's not going to happen. These two guys are never going to to, to have this love affair and it it all works out for them. It's not going to happen. And I just think until... This guy completely overturns a democratic process, which is you may say is in the process. Big deal. That's up to their government and their citizens to fight back on. It's not our fight. And that's the problem is we cannot keep policing the world. It's, it's, not, a, it's, not, a, it's not an immediate threat to us. And I understand the way you're thinking is potentially one day down the road, this could, but you know what? So can everything. So can every fucking thing could potentially one day down the road turn into something bigger. And we got to stop thinking like that. We have to start thinking about uh, different means to solving problems, w- w- whether it be economics or trade, but to try to to try to try force somebody out of power because we disagree with their ideology, at some point we're going to run out of resources. And I think that's the problem we're having right now is we're, we're a little spread thin and – let it happen. Whatever's gonna happen there, let it happen. And I feel like you gotta rely on the rest of the world and and the the people of the world and and social media and access. These governments and these people overthrowing their people and and these military uh, coups and 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 you know whatever the fuck is going on with Turkey, like it, it's not gonna last forever, you know. And and there's other ways we can we can battle this other than trying to threaten taking people out of office. I mean, I, I think it's 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 a little bit out of our hands right now.
1: Well, I, I, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying, you know, support the support a coup or try to engineer. America has done that over and over again, and it's led to terrible things.
0: Right. Uh, what do we get out of not what, giving this guy well, over? I, I'm just saying— What do we get out of it?
1: This is a very bad situation. Of course! This guy. this guy might have started a coup— at a, let's call it a, a quasi-democracy at this point. Yeah. Um, and uh, on the other hand, if you hand him over, what you will get is aiding and abetting a man creating an authoritarian state. Any, Listen, anyway.
0: I totally kicked your ass on foreign policy today, and you're <laughs> feeling sick, and you didn't eat dinner, and you had to get us, and and everyone listening is like, dude... If 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 someone's got to do turkey foreign policy, it's Tony, because I'm crushing you on this. <laughs> but um, let's talk about what we... Well, obviously, we got another... We're missing right now, I think, well, we the have, third night of the assholes.
1: Yeah, I just got to say that... Um, I just got an alert uh, that <laughs> Ted Cruz got booed at his speech tonight. Um, I got to go back and watch it. Um, because... The Donald
0: here is the way we need to go. We need to organize the people.
1: He never endorsed Trump.
0: Oh, big deal. He said,
1: vote your conscience.
0: Big deal. They're all losers.
1: Are you kidding me? At, he's like one of the keynote speakers at the
0: convention for this. Yeah, but, I, but if you look and he didn't on, even endorse him. But that's the thing. It's like you look on social media. There's montages. of This guy going, Donald Trump is a dangerous human. He doesn't care about anyone. I know. It. I mean, it's like it's all fake. We all know it's fake. Who cares? He didn't need to. We're not. You're not. I don't know. I'm over it. I actually went to bed last night in the middle of it. I. I it, it was. It bored me. Like, you're Donald Trump. You're a pro wrestling Hall of Fame inductee. I want to see in between speeches, you know, people th- in, a, in a steel cage match, you know, with blood all over the place. I mean, if I produced the RNC, he would have won just on pure uh, entertainment. Like, the mere fact Donald Trump has such a boring show just shows you that he's not meant to be present. This should have been the best RNC in the history of the world. He should have had Bon Jovi playing. He should have had, you know, uh, Hulk Hogan coming out, ripping his shirt off, you know, giving <laughs> Ted Cruz a driver. Like, that's what this should have been. It should have been the clown show. The I know, but it was weak. It was actually the only, the only good part was him in the silhouette, like a wrestler coming out. All right, so we got this. What else do we, we need to be this? watching out for? And you?
1: then, of course, next week we got the DNC.
0: DNC, baby. Monday through, really.
1: Monday through Thursday. That's Is Bernie Monday. speaking? Yeah, I'm sure he's speaking. They haven't, they haven't, I checked their website today. They haven't uh, released the list, but he's slated to speak.
0: Well, he should be closing that shit out if they haven't any shot at getting a guy okay. like me involved.
1: Well, I'm, I'm actually interested to see if there's going to be any, uh, you know, for trouble amongst the Bernie delegates.
0: Yeah, there probably will be.
1: So We'll see.
0: Big deal. Who cares? Yeah. Yeah. I'm all about yeah. modern-day turkey, son.
1: You're going to be a a turkey expert now. Modern
0: turkey, yeah. I I actually think that if anyone's listening, that's going to be part of the next administration. And they were to listen to this podcast, I would get a call.
1: We'll go with
0: that. I'm technically a modern turkey expert. You got to admit, pretty much. I made total sense, and I kicked your ass. You you are you need to. Here's what you need to do. I'm going to see you next week, and you need to like just rest up because you just got your ass whooped on turkey tonight, bro. Um.
1: I'm gonna disagree with you, but I know that's not gonna convince you, so we'll just leave it at that.
0: This is No Politics at the Dinner Table, uh produced by Jeep Baderoy, and we will see you next week after the clown show is over. That's right, see you next week.